0: Uh oh, good evening guys. It is Kirk Henderson and Matt Gilroy coming to you unbelievably late after a ridiculous Mavericks Lakers game where the Mavs fell late to the Lakers uh 119 to 110 in overtime. Now we have a lot to talk about. I try to keep these short, but tonight I think we're actually just going to talk until we until we you know, we feel better. This is, this is a therapy exercise for all of us. There's a lot we could start off with and man and I talked about that a little bit pre-show, but I think what I want to talk about first just maybe to kind of get my head out of this funk is we should really talk about what was awesome. And what was awesome was Luka Doncic who yep. played an outstanding game. Box score here says 31 points, 13 rebounds and a career high 15 assists. So what what was the favorite what was your favorite part about Lucas game tonight? Uh
1: I mean I think just on the whole it it seemed like the easiest kind of most complete game he's had in in quite a long time. I mean the the career high in assists obviously is is indicative of that and just um it, it, in terms of a single play even though you know we don't want to get too into you know negatives but that that in overtime the the step back he had to kind of answer after you know the Lakers went on that run and he hit that to bring it within I think four points something like that just after he'd been dealing with so much he was very clearly very frustrated after getting hit in the head and everything like that and just still obviously was in pain hurting but out there hitting shots and making plays and that's that was really great to see and really you know it shows off his his fight and his spirit so
0: well, let's let's actually talk about that real quick because I think I'd like to address it early. So there's a lot of speculation online that Luca was concussed, and mm. I went back and what I've been doing for the last ten minutes is I actually kind of watched part of the game again, and he was bleeding from the top of his head after he hit something on Dwight Powell. Um, we're not entirely yeah, sure look what. At his chin or
1: something. Or I don't know chin
0: can... or he has some like weird hair spikes. I don't know. He has something odd going. On. <laughs> But have you ever, and I've gotten better about this as I've gotten older, um, have you ever like left a kitchen cabinet open, bent over, and then like raised your head and hit your head on the corner?
1: Oh, it's infuriating.
0: And that's what I think he did because he had like tears in his eyes and was like pissed. And then because it stings really badly. Yeah. And because, I mean, it's basically like your skull. And so I I really don't think he was concussed because the Mavericks wouldn't have, have put him back out there if that was the case.
1: Yeah, it it seemed it was probably, you know, an extremely sharp pain uh, and, you know, a surprising pain. So, yeah, I I don't know if there would have been enough force to be concussed. He didn't like, you know, hit his head on the deck or anything. So I also hope they would have put
0: him back out there. Like, yeah, training staff is just too good. You know, Casey Smith is one of the best in the league. They have a couple of guys that are associated with Team USA. So that's, you know, that's that's kind of my kind of my thought. So past, you know, past Luca, really the only other player who I think might be worth talking about is Dorian Finney-Smith, a guy who I am particularly hard on game in and game out. Mm -hmm. He had an outstanding game. Seven points, ten rebounds, uh, three steals. He somehow had four turnovers, which is magically impressive for a guy who shouldn't be dribbling. But uh, we'll we'll let it slide tonight because he actually hit the three, which should have won them the game. A wide open corner three. But I was, you know, I I killed a guy and, you know, I wanted (laughs) to hit open shots, so I'm glad he hit open shots.
1: Yeah, anyone who... You know, would would have picked Dorian Finney-Smith to be taking that shot. Uh, you know, it's Mike one of those things. Where, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but well, hey, if, you know, he no. hit it. So,
0: yeah, it felt good. It felt good to see that. I actually kicked my remote control and missed the entire sequence. Um, yeah, which was very upsetting because I don't know what channel ESPN is and I couldn't figure out where like the last button. Just was frantic. Yeah, and it's just yeah. me by myself yelling. <laughs> my dog keeps looking at I me. Mean, it's really, you know, really quality <laughs> content. Yeah, it's great. Um, so our, our buddy Josh Bow is is kind of tweeting through it. He would have joined me tonight, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Grillroy stepped in for him here. And so, you know, Josh is, is talking online about the things he'd rather talk about than the refs, because I'm going to get to the refs last. Mm-hmm. I, I think we should just dwell on that, because I don't want to be the refs, guys. I, I hate being the group. I hate being the team that complains about the refs. I, it, it's very boring. You know the Mavericks were terrible from the free throw line once again. That is is starting to be something that is a little concerning to me. You you yeah. can't leave seven of these on the line like that. That's you know that was the difference uh, realistically in regulation. Um, that yeah. Was I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, there were a couple of people who, in the, in the fourth, especially who who missed on some free throws. Luca went seven of eight, but I think the one he missed was in the fourth. And then of mm-hmm. course Dwight had a chance to put him up four, which you know would have iced it. So. It's, yeah. you know, making them when they count.
0: God, I forgot that. You're right. Goodness. I, I think I blacked out the Dwight Powell one because every time he shoots, <laughs> I'm just like, no.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I, as bad as he was kind of throughout that game, I Kristaps had that ball at the end there. And I, I just wanted him to dribble it up across the floor because he's a really good free throw shooter, but he passed it off to to, uh, to Dwight, who's also a pretty good free throw shooter, but I kind of would would rather have Kristaps uh, taken those weight. at the end. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. Well the the thing the the play that we should really kind of talk about in mass there's a lot that happened on one play it was that very last play the Mavs were up uh, in regulation the Mavs were up th- uh, 3. Yes. The Lakers got the ball LeBron you know dribbled around and a number of things happened all in one play that were really really just bad decisions by the Mavericks. We'll start with the fact that Maxi Powell needlessly rotated mm-hmm. all the way to the rim. Like that was yep. not a I I don't I know that's his instinct, but somebody's got to rem- like remind him like like do not leave your guy. Go- it just because that triggered a chain reaction because then Seth yeah. Curry had to go help. He was he was very clearly held, but the refs missed it because of course. Mm. But then I don't entirely understand what the strategy was behind not fouling.
1: Yes, so that whole sequence, yeah, that whole sequence. So, I mean, surely someone has run the numbers on this and determined that when you're up three. And you have a foul, you should use the foul and then foul them and let them shoot two. Mm-hmm. That has to be the best course of that. Like, you know, it's like when you're in a football game, if you're down by, you know, 11 or down by, yeah, you, you go for two to make it within eight or whatever the math is. Th- those numbers have been run, and there has to be a definitive yeah. answer that you should yeah. definitely and the foul. The definitive
0: answer, I believe, is that you're supposed to foul. So yeah. at, at this point I'm not I'm just not I'm not getting what the what the call was. And it's just baffling to see a Rick Carlisle coach team make that many <laughs> bad decisions and then the coach himself kind of make a bad decision. You know, the the other thing i I I'm loath I like when I'm on Twitter, I get really frustrated in the moment and like say you know I say things I'm trying to like curtail my thoughts because I don't want to bash Rick Carlisle he's obviously a good coach but I don't understand some of the decisions that go into like the game to game type stuff like when Luka got hit on the head he didn't want to call a timeout yeah that was he was not call timeout because it was his last timeout that was a bad decision when uh when when what was the other oh putting Powell in to mm-hmm. guard AD with about four minutes left now Powell actually did a pretty good job but Maxie had contested and played him really well he did not bully there was none of that like uh kind of face up and then get all the way to the rim type stuff when he was being guarded by maxi at least in the first half so i don't i'm just a little curious as to why that was the call there the numbers can't show that powell's a good you know matchup man guy like he's excellent out on the perimeter and kind of being a frantic defender but he's not a good man guy so i just i'm really curious what the what the decision making was yeah. on that
1: and the, and you could you could kind of tell the lakers went straight to that as soon as that that he subbed in there in those last four minutes i think you know it was it was oh, on- position after position right there on the block with with ad facing up against uh powell so and you know i think he scored like six points right, right after powell got subbed in so
0: yeah and it could have been more could have been worse like there's all sorts of ways that game could have gone. Because it's frustrating that we're sitting here talking about a loss because that was overall like just an outstanding game. Mm -hmm. It was a really fun game to watch. Like I don't like the end result that really really kind of ruined my night. It's 1 in the morning here. I'm waking up early the next morning. So, of course, I'm not going to sleep till like 3 in the morning. So, I'm going to be thinking (laughs) about this game for whatever reason. But that was really something. I mean, there's all sorts. Like we kind of go down the line and just wonder what these Mavericks are doing because i you know i i i don't want to criticize him just yet but i'm very curious as to what is what is happening with Kristaps Porzingis because mm-hmm. he was just so marginal he wasn't terrible but he's he's the unicorn he did that incredible crossover 3 which like had me melt in my my seat in the first half and then he just didn't do much lots of isos you know he loves going left and into traffic he didn't score very well at the rim. I, I don't. I, some ugly, weak shot attempts and 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 a couple of bad turnovers. So I, I don't know what like what what are they doing with him? Like, what do you think they could do better? Because in the two man game, he's just not
1: involved. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it, w- people are you know begging to see more Luca and KP. You know, pick and roll, pick and pop. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's something they're working on waiting to unveil it. I I don't know, but it seems like you know right now if if Christophs isn't you know immediately hitting shots and and really getting into the flow of the offense that it kind of just puts him out for the rest of the game. And even yes. though he he started pretty good from the line, I don't know, he just faded. Maybe they're still working on cuz Luka was obviously in control of this game the whole time. Maybe they really need to to work a little bit more on getting their two games lined up and, and cohesive with each other or something. But um, it's, it's a little one or the other right now.
0: So I actually asked a couple of people about this and I can't remember who told me this, but somebody made the point that they're not super comfortable with having him be the dive man in the middle of the floor because it negates his strength. Mm-hmm. When you, when you all, which is shooting when you already have Powell to give you that vertical incline and like, yeah, of, of the, if you're running a, You know, high screen and roll. Who would you rather have roll and who would you rather have shoot if the roll is covered? And like when you when you say it like that, like a very spelled out way, it's pretty obvious. You want KP to be able to catch the three, you know, shot for the three point. You want Powell to roll to the rim. But at the same time, I've seen a couple of instances this year, and it's almost always like a side pick and roll where Luca and Porzingis have just dominated there was that one like alley-oop dunk that I, I can't remember which game it was, but it was like one of those like, like highlight plays that we've seen on repeat ever since, because that's what we envision when we talk about these two guys playing together. And since there's just, there's not a lot of that action.
1: Yeah. It, whenever they can get, they kind of are both running down the lane in parallel and Luke can either throw it up if it's there or he'll just finish it himself. It's like, there are no right answers to that situation. when they're both kind of mm-hmm. uh, running right down the the free throw line. So, um, I don't I know. I
0: think the thing that I'm a little curious about to some degree, and I, I need to look at this more. I'm curious if Porzingis is just not if if the two of them working together, if one Luca isn't using the screen well enough, and two, Porzingis isn't holding the screen well enough. Powell's really good at rolling at the opportune time. I think sometimes there's guys at the NBA level who you know just basically do these show screens because they'd rather move on to the next part of the play. And i that's kind of a habitual thing, because so I suppose if you're like a star player like Porzingis, who's grown up doing whatever he does all his life, he probably is, you know, the focal point. And this is the first time he hasn't been. So that's that's going to take some getting used to. But it's just it's a little alarming for me because I'm looking at his shooting splits. We have five games, five games. He hasn't shot above 50 percent from the floor. So that's like he just he needs to find some ways to get easy baskets and to really, you know, find a way to improve. Yeah. What else do we have here that's really worth you know focusing on before I complain about the refs for 10 minutes?
1: Um, well, we t- you mentioned it a little bit before. Um, the uh, what was it that the that ending sequence before I don't look at my notes here?
0: Great podcasting, guys! I know where it's
1: there, <laughs> there's so much, there's so, it. so much, th-
0: it's one in the morning. <laughs>
1: Oh, it was um, I like uh, uh,
0: notes Mac- for a game you weren't writing about though. You're impre- that's impressive. Yeah,
1: well I started after I realized someone's gonna to do that. But so a little bit about that that uh at the very end of the game, uh Maxie coming off to help on yeah. on LeBron. Yeah, so I'm watching that and I feel a little bad for him because I when I saw LeBron going to the, the rim I got confused and I wasn't even playing. I'm like, wait, we're up three, right? Just let him, let him dunk it. He's, you know, don't touch him. And, uh, I, yeah. Th- so I feel a little, b- I feel is his, in- his instinct basketball instincts must have kicked in, but then, uh, obviously the hold is going to be what everyone's talking about from that. So,
0: yeah, I mean, so let's, let's just pivot to the refs since we're both tired and I, you know, I, I, I we could talk about a lot of the fun parts of this game, but I'm just, I'm kind of, I don't want to. Don't want to harp on it because you know who wants to hear that negativity all weekend? some maps don't play for a few days. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing there were two really bad calls that were missed. The foul calls are something that I'm always, you know, I'm I'm loath to complain about too much. My friend Jared Duman of 538.com wrote a, a an analysis of you know, looking at early like looking at the the fouls that have been called the total numbers of fouls both offensive and defensive that have been called to date through the nba games and comparing it to previous seasons and they've simply gone on an upswing in the early part of every year yeah Uh, i think it levels off at some point but it's a little bit of the the referees deciding on a point of emphasis so i don't i i I can't be too frustrated at some of these calls you know the the luca got you know, called for some you know, pretty bad offensive foul calls, in my opinion, with the way Avery Bradley was guarding him. But, you know, that's that's either here nor there. That stuff doesn't matter when the Mavs miss free throws. It's also it's just kind of hard for me to get, you know, it's hard for yeah. me to get too mad when they're when they're leaving things on the table. But yeah. the two things that really stood out to me, there was one play where LeBron drove, jumped and then came down with the ball. Yeah. It was a clear travel. And it's one of those calls where the arena noticed it. And so when like you get a whole bunch of, of refs and such, that is really hard. You're not a whole bunch of fans calling out the refs. That's painful because you can see it on tape. And yeah. then watching the the Dwight uh Howard hold was that I don't know how you miss that. I mean, I, I get that we all ball watch, but you have three refs on the floor for a reason. And there's a guy standing there. They just didn't call it. Yeah. yeah, and that sort of stuff's unacceptable to me. You just can't, you can't be that way.
1: Yeah, the uh, the whole the whole it hurts a lot, quite a lot. So you know, you you expect a little bit more from because I I didn't even notice it until they started playing in the replay. So you know, f- fair fair enough. But that's kind of their job is to yeah. not strictly be watching the ball. And then so the LeBron one as well. You know that that one was something where like in real time it didn't look right. In real time, you could tell
0: he traveled. that right. that just, that, was- that sequence
1: of events was was off so a little frustrating,
0: yeah, yeah i mean. I suppose let's try to take a at least take a, a positive step away from this. So the Mavericks are five or I'm sorry, three and two after five right. games, which and- is
1: where you're, I wanted them to be after five. So it's it's hard to be mad. But when you lose two heartbreakers like that, it, it still it hurts a lot. So
0: it hurts a lot. But I mean, realistically, they've lost two heartbreakers. Yeah. And that is is is, you know, that's really something the next mm-hmm. four games are really shoot. They play a stretch in November here where they need to rack up as many wins as possible. They got Cleveland, Orlando, New York, Memphis, Boston, New York, Toronto, San Antonio, Golden State, Cleveland. There, I mean, there's not anybody on that list that I'm legitimately afraid of at the moment. Yeah, this is
1: looking like the softest little stretch we've got here coming up, so...
0: And they so, so maybe what's going to be like last year, where we were really excited right before Christmas with how many wins they had won at, 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 uh, at home and on the road. And that's, that's something to at least look forward to. So I suppose, in terms of, you know, big picture compared to where we, we thought we might be, this is, this is the best possible, you know, outcome. Um, five and oh would have really been nice, but that's not realistic. These guys have a lot of learning to do. I think what, you know, the conclusion that I keep trying to come back to. Is that for as ugly as they've played at times, they've been they've won three games and then been in the other two and maybe should have won.
1: Yeah, so, and this one in particular, like if they had done the things, like it was within their control. Like put the refs aside, if they had done the things they needed to do, like hit free throws, mm-hmm. defend, hit you know foul at the end of the game, it would have been a win. So, yeah. um, that's you know glass half full, glass half empty. If you want to look at it like. The, the, they de- they could have won. They deserved to win. If they would have won, you know, that would have been a deserved win. So, yeah, yeah.
0: We just hope we just hope that these aren't the sorts of games that come like mid-April that were are crowing that they. Oh, I wish the Mads would have won one. But yeah, you know, I was pretty I was pretty pessimistic heading into the season. So I suppose I should take three and two <laughs> after five or something. What's wild to me is that they've actually been worse at you know their their two losses have been at home. And they were yes. standing at home last year. So that's that's a little odd. But again, and the, you know, it, it's right in the range of what we were hoping for.
1: Yeah. And the wins, some of those wins have been really a lot uglier than they've played in these two losses. So, you know, I don't know what that means. But, Yep, yep, yep.
0: Well, man, thank you for coming on tonight, guys. It's been uh, Kirk Henderson and Matt Gilroy of Mavs Moneyball. This has been... Mavs Moneyball After Dark. We will obviously be back next week. I'm sure some of y'all have logged on hoping for a little more heat, but you know, it's game five. I got to save my being a lunatic for, you know, a game, you know, 67, whenever it's a terrible call, because there's just too much that's up in the air. I can't be that guy. I can't have that energy. I'm too old to do it all year. But uh, as always, I appreciate everybody, uh, you know, downloading and listening. If you could, uh, you know give. Hop on iTunes, give us five stars, search for Mavs Moneyball Podcast, and we will see you this week on the site.